Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, how are you? Thank you for coming back. Across from me, as always, is Cyrus Amundsen. There's a dog pissing on my lawn right now that's not my dog. Here's what happens in my neighborhood, Chad. Uh, there's a sidewalk that people walk on, and on one sure. side of the sidewalk yeah. is public property, and on the other side of the sidewalk is my property, and people like to... Uh, let their dog not just pee, but wander all the way. The dog right now, all the way up to our gardens that I'm watching that just finished peeing. And now I'm making eye contact with the, yeah, fuck. It's fucking, you go start the show. God damn it. Let's restart the show. These fucking to look me in the eyes. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. We're not restarting the show, but I will tell you this. I had that exact same attitude that you have right now. Didn't have to do with a dog, didn't have to do with any of my property, but I started reading the book, The Inner Game of Golf, because I'm a head case and I need help. I think um, athletically on the golf course, I'm fine. Everything works. But if I miss a putt or I get a bad break or something mm -hmm. like that, then my round is over because I completely implode. So I started reading this book, The Inner Game of Golf. Now, as you know, in a book, there are forewords, which is basically to tell you what the book is going to be about, what, how they found the inspiration for the book, any of that stuff, right? And so I'm reading the foreword. I wrote this book about comedy the day after my best friend killed his neighbor for allowing his dog on his property. Stuff like exactly. that. Yes, yes. I found the inspiration to help others and make them feel better because my psycho best friend killed a, another human being because of urine. Yeah. Right. And so I'm, I'm reading the third page of the foreword and I turn the page. There's two more full pages of the foreword. So now I take the book and I throw it on the ground. I'm on an airplane. You should know that. I throw the book on the ground. Somebody looks at me. I go, dropped it. And they kind of look at me like, no, you sure didn't. I'm trying to fucking mellow out by reading a book. The foreword is eight and a half pages long, by the way. What, what do you possibly fucking have to tell me in eight and a half pages that you cannot tell me in this 200-page book? Get to the fucking book. I'm supposed to be calm. You're supposed to be calming me down and teaching me ways to, you know, if when my balls kicks off a sprinkler head and now is behind a tree and that's going to cost me an extra stroke, I have to figure out how to deal with that and still find fortitude for the rest of the round. And you're going to give me an eight and a half page forward? Fuck you, bro. No, thank you. Oh, I was so pissed. I don't know. What I don't think a book's going to help me. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know what sort of data is out there. But if you have a meltdown during the foreword of a book, I don't think anything in that book is going to help your brain in terms of the way you handle frustration. I saw on the internet, one of your golf clubs got snapped in half and buried in the ground. <laughs> yeah, it did. Now, to be fair, that I actually did as a funny as something funny because I snapped totally. it to, I was in a golf tournament and I snapped it to um, intimidate the other, the other team mm -hmm. because they didn't know. And then I also did not tell my partner I was doing it. 
And so he looked at me weird, and then we didn't talk for two holes. But then the other team, every time I'd talk to them, they'd just be looking down, (laughs) answering my questions. It was awesome. It was so awesome. I might have told this years ago, but I I used to play golf with a bunch of different people. And one of my favorites was a friend of mine named Chris Abbott because he had this he wasn't just zero to a hundred he was zero to a hundred back to zero where you'd be like walking up to his ball and he'd be like yeah so you know i'm i'm, I'm reading this uh i'm reading this article and i'm talking to my dad about it and we had a really good day out on the boat and he goes all right i'm gonna take my shot hold on and then he'll shank a shot and he'll just go fuck and he'll just fling a club into the woods and turn back to you and be like so we're on the boat and like he just I've never oh seen someone God. like golf. It's like it's like when he got taught to golf. There's like if you hit a bad shot, the way you deal with that is you rage for 15 seconds and then you return to your center. It was incredible. That's the kind of person that's on trial and goes, "I'm telling you guys, I didn't kill him." And then like, "We have video of you killing him." He's like, I didn't kill him. I, I maybe I blacked out or something. That's what that guy seems like to me, where he just snaps and then all of a sudden realizes, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing that. And then right back. That's the kind of rage that actually terrifies me. I had an entire day ruined and I shouldn't. The things that are ruining my days lately is pathetic. And I don't. Bro, welcome. I've been <laughs> waiting for you to climb this mountain with me. Welcome. <laughs> To the club, son. There's no way you're going to agree with this. I, I, You know me. I'm a big YouTube guy. I like to watch YouTube videos. And the, one of the titles was, Watch a man realize his wife is a murderer. Okay? And okay. I was like, let's give Did that you just, a... Time out. <clears throat> Stop. Did you just search that? No, 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 no. It came up in my algorithm because I've searched stuff like that in the past. <laughs> Okay, because I I don't I've been on YouTube quite a bit and I've never ever come across anything like that. That's very interesting to me. I have a what I like. I'll search a little like uh, I got a little comedy podcast. I got a big heap and helping of history. Then to balance things out so I don't I'm not too correct about stuff. I get a big heap and helping of conspiracies, and then you know at times uh, fat guys with poorly executed barbecue channels are on there like yeah yeah that makes sense welcome into keith's pit i got a lot of the keith's pit type stuff and then uh and then yeah i have some true crime and so someday i'll they'll sit down and it's what is the algorithm gonna feed daddy today and you know it served me up a big heap and help and plate of watch a guy you're you're clicking on that you might not have get it on your youtube because there's a bunch of golf stuff but if you see that it shows up i am clicking you're clicking on it so it's about i think it was 10 to 12 minutes and i'm sitting here going okay and what it is is guy in a guy in a interrogation room wife in a different interrogation room uh she is a murderer and they've got her. They've got the evidence. They've been following her for what they're like, we got her. But they're trying to okay. find out if the husband is involved. And he ends up clearly not being involved. But they go along. They like jump cut the interview of like them trying to show him what's up. And then but they built it like there was going to be this moment where in there he realized, holy fuck, she did it. 
And the end of the video is just him going, I don't know, man. I just think she's too smart for that. I don't think she's going to. That was it. So I watched this. Tw- I watched a 12 minute interrogation of just a guy's wife. And I don't know why, but it just ruined a morning. I came downstairs. Jenna was like, can we, hey, we have to talk about uh, when uh, when your brother's coming. I was like, not now. Fuck, not now. I can't. <laughs> what if it's like a hidden camera show where it's watch a man realize his wife is a murderer, but then they're actually filming you to put out the video. Watch a man realize when he's wasted 12 minutes watching a bullshit video. Yeah, that sounds about I'd right. I'd click on that too. I'd click on that. I was angrier than him. I can tell you that much. Mine would have a better <laughs> ending. Be like, wow, that guy said something snappy to his wife in the kitchen. This video is satisfying. Yeah, while yours would have a better ending, mine would have a better forward. Here's what I would write. Hey, all this shit's going to be in the book. Chapter one. (laughs) What a fucking dildo. What a self-important dildo. What sort of evidence would you need to... If you're sitting in an interrogation room and they're like, Chad, Kelsey murdered a mutual friend of you know that friend of yours that was murdered a little while ago kelsey did that Mm -hmm. what sort of evidence do you need to be presented with to to lean over and go okay guys you're right she did it i think i would need video proof only because like if you're talking about other people like if 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 they asked me hey man what kind of uh, what kind of proof would you need to find out that size a murderer? I'd be like, I think that was enough. I'm in. I think the fact that you are asking me this question makes me think you think he is, and so now I think he is because I've seen what happens when people walk by his yard with a dog and they piss too close to his garden. With Kelsey, it would be different because um, she's just a gentle human, and I don't. When when dogs would pee, let's say like we were there and and it was our house and she would see that, she would go, well, I mean, what was the dog supposed to hold it? The dog has to pee somewhere. I mean, so I don't, I've never seen that's her. That's a get scarier real, answer. That's a, I understand real what cringy. you're saying, but that's a scarier answer. I just I've never seen her get cringy, so I would need video evidence. I think. I think for you, if somebody. I don't think just on the question, I'd be like, he did it. I would need to know what sort of killing, like they were, the, the sort of murder would decide whether or not I believe, like if they're like, you're not going to believe this, but Chad has secretly murdered three people. And I know we spent in the early days of this podcast, I spent a great deal of time trying to convince our audience that you had all the traits of a killer, but yeah, I yeah, mean, I, but I, you know, I just don't. I think it, the the secret like sexual satiation killings like that sort of stuff. Now, if it was like, do you know that he whomped some guy's skull in at a Seven Eleven? I'd be like, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'd like to. Call, I don't want to speak to you. I'm like a lawyer, but sure. <laughs> but I'm gonna ask him a question later privately, probably when we're both naked, because he's gonna make me do that. Because. He wants to make sure I'm not trapping him into this murder. He for sure committed. Yeah, not, not wearing a wire. If you, um, here's the problem with me watching a video of Kelsey murdering someone, then I think I'd get arrested for lewd activity. 
who is there anyone you would I've probably asked you this before. I've probably asked you this on the podcast. Is there anyone that you keep a murder secret for? So for me, it depends on the murder, right? Exactly. It depends on the reason of the murder. So, <laughs> you know, if you if you came to me and you were like, dude, I don't know what happened. I was ordering meat and this guy just kept telling me conspiracy theories. So I followed him. I waited for him to get off work and I murdered him. I'd be like, okay, well, why don't you get in my car? We're going to go tell the police about this and see if they can knock the charges down and you only spend 30 years in prison. <laughs> but if you told me, hey, man, there are uh, 10 people that I know, 10 children that I know that, um, you know, have, have – yeah." all come together and said like this Catholic priest molested me and, I, and you. And so I murdered the Catholic priest. I'd be like, mum's the word. We'll get you out of here. I'll get you a disguise and we'll go down to Costa, Costa Rica. Or Costa a Rica. And, um, you know, I, so there are reasons that I think that I could keep a secret. Yeah. It's... It would have to be, it would have to be, you know, hurting a child related most likely. Yeah, I think that's probably the right call. And I think, you know, the person who is the murderer, I think the tough thing that you and I have is both a love for one another, but a willingness to recognize that all of our actions might not be done for the right reason. Like, I think we, who is your version of Joel? Like, I, if, jo if I find out Joel murders someone, I don't think it matters what the person is. I think I go, God damn, they had it coming, right? Why would Joel fucking kill someone? Why sure. would that happen? So to answer your question, first off, I don't have a version of Joel, and I think that's what hurts so much. <laughs> this is. I think that I think that's what stings so much is I don't have a version of Joel, and so. Um, and I know you don't I'm like always... to share. I know that's a hard. I know that's a very difficult thing for you across the board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't. I guess I don't know. Dude, speaking of um, secrets. Speaking of secrets, I okay. so. I'm meeting a bunch of new people down here because I live in a new place. And the great thing about meeting new people, I think, is you, you get all your you get to all your best material. Right. So if you just meet someone for the first time, you're like, oh, man, I have this story from my life that you are not going to believe. And that's what everybody does as you make new friends. Eventually, they start playing right. the hits. And so yeah. you you hear these stories. And so I had a friend recently tell me that. He has a friend. I know this. I'm not giving names, so that makes this kind of a... And then their friend. And my friend's <laughs> friend is a teacher at a local high school. Okay. Or maybe, I believe, a junior high school. Um, okay. And he walks into the bathroom, and he sees this huge plume of vape smoke come out of one of the stalls. And mm. there's other kids in there who have now seen the teacher see the vape smoke. So he, I, I've got to, I've got to bust this kid. So he waits for the kid to come out and he's like, Hey man, I just, just give me the vape. I don't want to make, I'm not, I don't want to send you to the office. I'll throw it away. We'll be done with this, but you can't vape in school. Just give it to me. And the kid's like, I don't have a vape. And he goes, come on, man. Don't make me send you to the resource officer. He goes, I don't have a vape. And they just go back and forth. He's like, dude, I'm trying to let you off here. Just give me the vape. And he goes, I don't have a vape. And so he takes him down 
and he has the resource officer search him and he searches him and the guys he's walking back the other way and the dog's on my fucking property again why the fuck he, he's already pissed now it's just now it's just now he's just marking it he's just leisuring on my property I never thought I'd be, of course, that's a lie. I knew I'd be a property guy, but what the fuck? So, should we pause? <laughs> should we take a pauser no. here? Uh-uh. This is too fun. I, I want to watch you. Uh, There's implied. so much public land. There's sidewalks on both sides of the street. What I'd like to tell you is he most likely walked past your window and then pulled out a water bottle and gave his dog some more water to fill him up for the walk home to piss right back in your property. So he brings the kid to the resource officer and has him search him. And the resource officer's like, he doesn't have a vape. And so then teacher's like, what the fuck? So he goes back to class. And like a period later, the teacher is walking by the principal's office. And this kid is just sitting in the principal's office, just sobbing. And it's because he, <laughs> yeah, he prison hit it and couldn't get it out. He crammed oh the vape God. inside him. <laughs> and, oh, and he, imagine needing a vape so badly. Imagine this, this, whatever it is, right? Big tobacco is tricking you so much that you think you need a vape that you're willing to put it in your butthole and then pull it out and put your lips on it. Can I tell you something? I don't care what grade you're in. That's ass to mouth. And that's how you get in trouble. So you, there's no way you need nicotine that badly. But you remember, you remember what that felt like. I was saying... I, was I remember saying, what that felt like? No, I don't. <laughs> I've never shoved a vape up my ass. <laughs> what I'm saying is, there's this... Th when you're a kid... Unless you're one of those kids that you need to not hang out with, trouble trouble always like getting in trouble has this way larger presence, right? You know the idea of like yeah. getting caught with a vape and it's kind of, you know you don't want your kid to vape, but in retrospect, like there's a lot worse. It's okay, but in that moment, the idea of like oh my gosh, he has he's gonna find my vape, he's gonna tell my parents I have a vape. You know, like you can understand the mindset of a kid really scared to get in trouble. But the moment where he went back to class and he's like, can I go to the bathroom again? And then has to go back in there immediately. And then that moment when you realize not only am I going to get in trouble for having a vape, I am going to get in trouble for putting it in my butthole. Yeah, my mom's going to yell at me for smoking nicotine. My dad's going to yell at me because now I'm into butthole stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen. So Listen here's here. the thing, though. When I was a boy, we smoked those with our mouth, you understand? No son of mine <laughs> is consuming tobacco up the rector. Here's what doesn't make any sense to me. It's... Um, so you're putting it in your asshole, and you know mm -hmm. that you're going to have to throw it away because it's in your asshole. So why not yes. just wrap it in toilet paper and flush it the first time? Basically, right. what you're doing is skipping a step, right? right. This is the, the, classic, the classic server 
dichotomy that I've, that I talk about with Olivia. It's like you ask a server for a spoon and some ranch, bring me the spoon and the ranch at the same time. Don't go get the ranch and then come back to me and then go run and get the spoon and bring that back to me. You're not running, you know, a fucking crusher or whatever they're called, right? Free throw line, baseline, half court baseline, opposite free we call throw those line, a baseline. Suicide. Just, yeah, bring me bring me the the thing bring me both and so what you're doing by shoving it up your ass you're just making an extra step for yourself and i'm gonna tell you something not a pleasant one because you have to be thinking oh shit what if this teacher checks my butthole but just you know there's probably rules about being a teacher so he can only check the outside of my butthole so you really got to jam that fucker in there no wonder it didn't come out he's like (laughs) there's two inches of no nothing there's two inches of no man's land before you even find a little tip of the vape, that's dangerous. Yeah, and I don't know enough about buttholes to know, like, a lot of, you know, I've been watching a lot of Titanic videos lately. But, you sure know, the, the moment where the Titanic, you know, when it goes under the water and it it disappears, is that what yeah. happens with the, with the vape in the butthole? Is there a point of no return where it's like this thing's going to the bottom of the ocean yeah i think so i think i mean it probably or god forbid you fucking sneeze while you're doing it i mean that's listen, in your listen that at me. that point is in one of your uh, if intestines. you are a young and chad and i don't like to give advice that's not really our thing but if you're a young kid if you're under 18 if you're in high school or junior high here i feel comfortable speaking on both of our behalfs and giving some advice here, tie a string around your vape. Play it safe, man. Just go to school with a string tied to your vape, just in case. Yeah. Have you not? Do you not understand the concept of a tampon? I mean, we're not throwing those things up there willy nilly. There's an escape route. Be smart. That's crazy. Tie up your vape. Tie down your vape. Yeah. Well, whatever you're gonna do. Put some string on it. Put the vape. If you like it, then you should have put a string on it. If you like it, then you should have put a string on it. Uh, 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 Now all I can think uh, about uh, is a vape, like those chain wallets on a string going into a pocket. But he crams it to hide it. And then the resource officer is searching him, but he forgot to untie it from the belt loop. And so now the research officer (laughs) is like, where's this string going? (laughs) He just follows it all the way there. Yeah. It's like one of those um, obstacle courses when you're blindfolded and you have to follow the rope all the way to the next thing. It's also a good move by the kid because you put it in a place that a teacher is probably not willing to guess. He's like, I think it's in his, in his ass. We should search his ass. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't want to be the teacher pitching that. Now, what if, what if this kid – now, listen, you're in Cincinnati, big Catholic school, right? Big Catholic <sighs> school area. Sure. <laughs> just kidding i'll stop i know you get all fucking uncomfortable i don't get all it's just two and every no one's willing to bring those responses to you everybody comes to me and they're like hey man because <laughs> they know anything they say to you is going to be met with like yeah i don't give a fuck which i also don't but i think they see an in with me right well yeah that that makes sense but i i just let let me finish my thought here it's where it's like you're in the bathroom and the at a catholic school and the kids are like you're gonna get in trouble shove it up your ass and then the one kid's like uh they'll fucking find it for sure um 
<laughs> I'd rather put it in my book bag. That's the only place they haven't touched. <laughs> Let's just, let's, why, we, we really can't keep doing a show. I have to tell you a story that made me laugh so fucking hard. Sure. Okay. So Shane Torres, I'm just going to start by saying this. Do you want a buffer? Do you think you should have something boring in between the funniest thing I've heard in two years? <laughs> no, I don't think so. This is wild. So Shane Torres is such a funny comedian. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. I really really enjoy watching him. He is he's just mellow. His jokes are written so well. Like we talked about this on the tour that uh you know some people go really fast when they're in front of a big crowd. So any anyway, let me let me start over. I was just on the Burt Kreischer's full, fully loaded tour where we're doing these um, AAA baseball arenas. We did the Enterprise Center where the um, the St. Louis Blues play, and then we did um, this big, huge field house where the Nebraska Cornhuskers play basketball. It was like ninety eight hundred people, right? So it's like these are big, huge things. And so sometimes when people get in front of those, they want to go faster. They want to make sure they, you know, there's so many people that you think they should be laughing the whole time, mm -hmm. but that's not really how comedy works. You have to have valleys. So the peaks make more sense. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, you have to be, so the juxtaposition of the valley and the peak is such that the, the peak is a bigger payoff. And so we were talking about that but Shane, Shane can go so slowly and still crush a room. So we are, it's St. Louis and he goes, uh, it's like noon or something. We're in the, we're in the workout gym and he goes, I'm going to have them introduce me as Tom Segura tonight. And I just started laughing and got a little giddy. For those of you that don't know, Tom Segura and Pete Lee and I went to Asia. And on the last night, Tom Segura went up first and then did Pete and my opening joke, which I thought was so fucking funny. Very funny. And so for me, this is almost like a part two. It's almost like related to that somehow. And so I'm giddy about it. And then he goes, like, I don't know if I should do it. And then I go, you for sure should. He goes, yeah, I for sure should. I'm just kidding around. So I'm going to do it. So he has, Sypha Sounds is this incredible comedian that also is a DJ, or he's an incredible DJ that's also a comedian. I don't know how to describe him, but he fucking killed it both. He's getting this crowd before the show. This isn't a show. It is like a full party. He's getting everybody amped up with his DJ stuff. And then it was so funny because he goes, and now put your hands together for your first comedian, Sypha Sounds. And everyone looks to where they think the comedian will walk out. And then it's just him walking out from behind his DJ stuff. And he mm -hmm. goes, it's me, guys. It's so funny. <laughs> and then he just kills. And then he opens the show and kills. It's such a crazy skill set. So Saif is in on this, on this bit. And uh, what, what they've decided to do is Mark Small's also super funny. There, there wasn't a miss on this tour. Sure. I'm just going to tell you that. Yep. So Mark Smalls comes out. And, and, um, Saifa's like, are you guys ready to get the second half of the show started? And everyone cheers. And then Mark runs out a note and Saifa goes, and he plays it so well. He goes, he's here. Seriously. He made it. And Mark's like, yeah. And so 
Saif was like, holy shit. Guys, um, we have a special guest for you. This guy's legit. You know, he's the second bear, and the place goes fucking bananas. I'm telling you, dude, it's the loudest cheer that I heard maybe all night. It was, and, and Cyphus, he refuses to be done there. He goes, he's got specials on Netflix. He's got one coming out pretty soon on the 4th of July. He's, uh, your mom's house. And he goes, St. Louis, are you ready? And everyone in the arena stands up. Everyone in the fucking arena stands up. And it's so loud. I, I have uh, ringing in my ears always and i think part mm-hmm. of it is from this thing that happened in st louis so <laughs> everyone's standing up and he goes push your hands together for tom sakura <laughs> and the plate you can feel the place rattling and shane walks out with just a middle finger up in the air <laughs> and i there's a lady behind me that sounds heartbroken and she just goes well fuck you too it was so funny and so he walks out there and he just goes you thought tom segura was gonna be here is that right you're as dumb as the fucking arch and he starts going off on st louis he's like this is the show me state why don't you show me how to get the fuck out of here like all this stuff it was so funny and here is what is incredible and here is to me What makes Shane Shane? He then, with all of that, digs a gigantic hole for himself. And with Mm -hmm. all of that that went on, still fucking murdered. He still murdered with his material afterwards. And I think here was the key. After he was done making fun of St. Louis, and before he started his material, he said... You guys, um, you guys thought Tom Segura was here, but it's just the weight that he lost. <laughs> because Shane's like a bigger dude, but Shane's super strong. We worked out all week. He's a real strong dude and keeps going at all. But and then they laughed at that, and then he did his material. It was brilliant. And you know, I don't use that word very often when it no, comes to comedy. Yeah, but it was such a brilliant move to make the switch he needed that conduit to make the switch and it was absolutely incredible man that is the that's the funniest thing that i saw and and i'm telling you there were killers fortune feemster dude i hadn't seen a lot of her stand-up yikes yeah she's really good so fucking funny everyone every single person on this tour was so funny and i i watched because as you know i'm still like a huge fan of comedy Mm -hmm. and so for me to get to watch this show for free and have a backstage pass and just have it interrupted just for a 20 minute thing where I have to go up and look like an asshole. It was, it was amazing. It was really, really incredible. What is it? Uh, those are the big, those are easily the biggest shows you've been in front of, right? Yeah. What is it? Because that's, yeah, so, so the biggest, the biggest shows were, were St. Louis. The, the flip was, um, I had done bigger crowds than the two baseball stadium things, yeah. but I had not done bigger crowds than St. Louis and Nebraska. Nebraska was 200 shy of 10,000 people. It's funny because Olivia asked me, when I told her it was 200 people shy of 10,000, she goes, have you ever done comedy for that many people? And I go, no, I'm normally doing the 200 
that would make it the 10,000. That's what I'm doing. What is, you know, there's obviously a tipping point. It just, at each level, you play a tiny club with, let's, let's assume all of these things I'm about to say are all sold out, right? You sure. play a 50 seat room, the jump up to a couple hundred feels different. That jump from a 200 seat room to like a funny bone, a big 400 seat room feels different. That jump, yeah. even from 400 in a funny bone to 400 in a, in a differently sat theater feels different, right? Then you get into the mm. thousand, then the couple thousands. But there's that jump to just almost incomprehensible size in terms of yeah. the amount. You're like, because comedy is such an intimate thing. What is it when you go from from where you've been performing to, you know, nearly 10,000 people? Is there, did you notice yourself doing anything different? Did you have to tell yourself to slow down? Did you have to remind yourself? I would think the natural instinct would be to speed up and talk louder because you're trying to reach people so far away from you that you don't feel like you can connect with. Yeah, but I mean, the sound systems are so good that it doesn't really, you don't have to talk louder. I slow down a little bit because you do have to wait. You're worried about throwing another punchline when people are still laughing or the people around them are laughing. And I would, mm -hmm. so me personally, I would never do any sort of crowd work because when I do crowd work in a, like a 400 seater, I always think, well, none of these people came to listen to me talk about you. And now it's amplified to 10,000 people. But yeah. I will tell you, fucking Big J Okerson did crowd work on this thing and slayed, man. That dude is he's just again i'm gonna i'm gonna say the same thing about everyone that was on the tour it was just it's so funny it's a, such a funny i mean they, they they put together a really really good tour when you get to do a lot of the thing that looks fun to me is you get to do a lot of non-tour stuff it seems like this like every day they're going on boats or going to the nebraska facility or playing you know there's events all day long, which seems right up your alley. Right, yeah. We went to we went to where the Nebraska Cornhuskers play football. We went into their gym. We got to meet their whole training staff, the head coaches, the, the all of that stuff. And uh, uh, Jeremiah Searles was was there. Former he Viking. Was one of the, yeah. So I, so here's the thing. It was so funny because I walk in and I recognize him, but I'm also this is like about like Bert going to these places. So mm -hmm. I'm not just going to start fanning out. I'm just, I'm, you know, whatever. We worked out, did all this stuff. And then he comes to the show and he goes, you're from Minnesota, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I'm a former Viking. And I go, yeah, no shit, dude. I know. I just, di I just didn't want to. You had other stuff going on today. I didn't need to, you know, start talking about Vikings with you. And he goes, oh, I would have loved that. So sometimes I pump the brakes too hard. Yeah. When I, I overcorrect and I think I'm supposed to do this and other people would have loved if I would have done something else. But yeah, we went there and we got to go down on the field. We got to run out like the, like the football team does. We got to throw the ball around. We got to kick field goals. It was really cool. And, um, uh, yeah, so that kind of stuff, the daytime stuff is, is really neat. So we're going to go, we're going to be down in new Orleans, July 8th, and we're doing a parade. Oh man. We're doing a, like a like a Mardi Gras style parade in New Orleans, throwing beads, all that shit. I know I'm going to have a costume on. I know that for sure. And so I think that's going to be a blast. So that kind of stuff is really neat. And then you go and you do comedy, but 
you know, comedy, I guess it's probably not the same for Bert because Bert goes out there, right? Drinks a beer, rips his shirt off, and the place goes fucking bonkers. Yeah, it's I mean, like it's being a wild. rock star. Absolutely, it's being a rock star. Yeah, so so for me, it's just kind of like, well, I'll just go do the jokes I'm going to do that I've scheduled, and then I will go back and I will watch the rest of this fucking amazing comedy show. So it's, it's um, and then I'll wait for tomorrow to figure out what we're doing, right? In Huntsville, Alabama, who fucking knows? It's the home of NASA. They might send us up into space. I don't know yet. I don't know what they're willing to trade for backstage passes. No idea. Bert, you know, the obviously he's got the joke, the machine, the movie, the machine, and he is an actual machine. The way he fucking yes. parties. How? So he no he had a couple legs of this before you. He had these legs with you. How long do you? If you were, you know, take away. I don't. I don't need to hear you be self deprecating about your status in the world of turning crowds out. This is a purely. Okay. This is a purely survival-based question. If you had to be in the Burt role of guy who's on the tour for the entire tour and leading the party every time, how many days are you alive for? What day? Three. And I I know that for a fact because I was not the guy. I was part of the group. And on the fourth day, someone handed me a drink and I said, there's no fucking way I'm drinking that. (laughs) And I will tell you this, I didn't even drink that much. I had probably, I'd pour myself a drink to go on stage and then I would drink it during the rest of the show and then maybe two more drinks. I probably had three drinks a night, which is not unreasonable. No. But I don't sleep well when I drink. And so that's what catches up with me. And I'm just like, you could probably tell in my voice today that I'm a little off a little bit in my throat but because i just just now started getting sleep again but uh yeah they i think it was shane he handed me a drink and i'm like dude no fucking chance there's no chance i'm drinking that and ever and then other people can drink the whole time and it's it's i don't know i admire it i admire who whoever has figured out how to sleep after drinking is impressive to me because i sure fucking can't do it well, I'm psyched. It's fun to watch the videos. It's fun to watch you out there. And our boys, you're not going to like this, but our boys went there and they said you were real, real good. They said that you were real, well, real, nice. real good. Yeah. So. Well, we had some fun. They came and hung out and, uh, and yeah, man, it's a, it's a fun tour. If you, if you're listening to this and you're in Huntsville or Memphis or New Orleans or Oklahoma City. Um, those are the ones I'll be on. And then there are some after that, too. There's like Salt Lake City, Las Vegas, Boise, and the Gorge in Washington, which now hearing about the Gorge, I definitely fucked up and should have done that one. But um, what's the Gorge? I heard it's just it's it's this outdoor amphitheater. And I heard it's the most magical place to watch a show. So um, but I just knew that four days was going to be my max. I'm trying to know myself, right? Because mm. uh, otherwise I just get in trouble and then I'll be in the hospital for three weeks afterwards. Eat, pray, love. And keep your fucking dog off my property. <laughs> Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.